You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I'm Helen Farmer and this is Farmer's Kitchen podcast brought to you by Spinneys. It's all about food, glorious food. I was in conversation with the husband and wife team behind one of the most successful noodle restaurants in Dubai, Wokio, hearing their origin story. Jones the Grocer sharing their Ramadan menu in conversation with the co-founder of Co Chocolat after they've opened up the very first farm-to-table chocolate factory in the Middle East. We had Alice from What's On sharing the latest food news, some nostalgic restaurants back on the scene and some new ones to try as well. We were talking about the very first Israeli restaurant to open its doors here in Dubai, Chef Ayel Shani on hand, and the founder of Kuklay was taking us back to France with steak frites and more in light of their new brasserie opening. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We love introducing you to the chefs, the tastemakers, the restaurateurs. And joining us in the studio now, we've got a husband and wife team. We have got Natalie and Zach. Oodles of noodles uh, with the founders of Wokio. And I just want to say how lovely it is to meet you because I've been eating your food for absolutely years. How are you both today? Very well. Thank you so much, Helen. And thank you for making the time. I know as entrepreneurs, I'm sure time is a very, very precious resource, especially on a Friday when things probably get a bit hot in the kitchen. And before we get into the food, um, I'd love to know, Nazi, a little bit about Wokio as as an origin story, I suppose. Tell us a little bit about how and why it started. The original story. Yeah. Um, Basically... It started 20 years ago, you can say. It started 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, somehow. This story started 20 years ago. I was a young student in university in Stockholm. And uh, a friend of mine told me there is an airline, this very, very fancy airline called Emirates in Stockholm looking for cabin crew who speak Swedish. At that time, I was early 20s. I didn't know what Dubai was even. I didn't know what Emirates was. But I, I was adventurous. I wanted to travel. So I'm like, let me go for this interview. And I did. And I got the job. I got the job. And at that time, I had still like years to go from uh, to study my finish my studies. So I told my parents, please, can I go for one year? I'm just going to travel for one year, see the world and I'll come back. Mm-hmm. Helen, that was that was <laughs> 2003. And you're in the Dubai Eye studio today. Yes, yes. So that was then. <laughs> so, so then how did you come to meet? Tell us, Zach, I want to hear the love story. Yes. Yeah, we met uh, on board uh, within a few months after. I joined in 2003 as well, uh, within a few months apart. Uh, we met on a Frankfurt flight. Uh, it was a snowy Frankfurt. I, I won't forget that. It was a beautiful day. And we found out that we were foodies. Uh, we just hunt for nice, uh, small homes. Well, you know what? That's such a good point when yeah. you're traveling. You guys must know some amazing, amazing restaurants all over the world. Yes. Yeah. So we, we were a little bit competitive. Uh, <laughs> this is back when social media was not uh, that trending. Uh, so it was more of word of mouth and who we were compete who gets the best uh, found findings. And um, both of us, we enjoyed Asian destinations as our Favorite. preferences yes. and favorites. And we wouldn't go to the cliche big uh, brands, but we would look for a hidden gems or hidden carts <laughs> until <laughs> yeah, we found our flavors over there that were quite uh, desirable. And we enjoyed that. And that's how we kind of built up and enjoyed the passion together. This is, it's, it's one thing to love traveling and another thing to love food. It's another thing to go, do you know what? 
We've both got stable jobs. Let's start a noodle bar. Okay, you're shaking shaking your head at me, Nazli. Yes. Tell us about that about that <laughs> leap, about jumping off the plane. Yeah, like like Zach said, we we were traveling and we were seeing this, and it looked so simple. It looked it. We enjoyed the simplicity, simplicity the, yes. the, the 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 casual vibe and uh, genuine flavors that we experienced. So we thought, okay, we really want to bring this to Dubai. And we had cabin crew friends who were from Thailand, Japan, uh, Singapore. So we start talking with them and we start creating some flavors at home together with them. And, you know, Zach is quite adventurous person. <laughs> so he's like, let's start our own. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, it's something to cook at home and eat, but start something. And especially restaurant business, mm-hmm. as you know, Helen. And here. Yes. Yeah, in Dubai. It's, it, especially, as you say, in a space where... You know, foodies love that initial burst of, oh, something's yes. new, something's exciting. Yes. Yes. And then it's Dubai and something, op- something opens, you know, around the corner yes. five minutes later. And that's the new thing to go to. But you guys have really, really enjoyed. And we're going to find out next a little bit about opening up that first one and now getting... Oh my goodness, I think we've got four, I believe, here. Um, we're talking Wokio this afternoon with the co-founders. Chris saying, recently went to Wokio in Alsif. Great experience. You've got some, you. got some fans out there. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We're joined now by husband and wife team. We've got Natalie and Zach with us. They are the co-founders of Wokio. And I have to say... All this chat is making me very hungry indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm a frequent orderer of, you. your, of your build-your-own walks. So let's talk a little bit before we get onto the menu, guys. Um, tell us about opening that first branch. Where did you choose to open and why? Well, Helen, um, actually, we didn't choose location. Location chose us somehow. <laughs> because, as I said, we, this is in 2013 now, when we... 2012, 2012. Yeah, we were started talking about doing this and we were looking for locations and nobody was giving us a chance, honestly. We were going to different locations. We were going to Dubai Marina. We even ended up going to Al Nahda area and they wouldn't even give us a chance to lease us a unit because they were saying, oh, do you, what is your background? Have you done this before? Mm-hmm. Of course, they are worried. They don't want to lease to someone who is going to shut down after some time. Mm-hmm. So we ended up in JLT at that time, JLT was a new location, so not so much people up. around there. And we saw this empty unit, and we contacted the landlord, and he gave us a chance. And we're like, yeah, okay, so this wasn't our first choice, but let's make this happen because good food, um, good vibe, and uh, good hospitality, good service. Hopefully, we will bring the people here. And then what happened with... JLT, it became this independent foodie mm. community and you got the likes of Vietnamese foodies, yes. you know, yes. streetery, pit fire pizza. Yes. And you guys were there, the, yes. the pioneers with yeah. the flag yeah. in the sand. Yeah. Uh, Helen, let me tell you, when we opened in 2013, there was nobody there. It was only us <laughs> and some other people who are not there anymore. But yeah, slowly, slowly, good brands came. Yeah, JLT Homegrown is brands, now yes. the town to be. It yeah. is. Yes. So how many branches now, Zach? Um, just six months ago, we opened our fourth branch. Congratulations. So let's, do you know what? Let, let's tell people where they are so people can go and order some noodles. Where are the branches? All right, our um, OG branches and original branches in uh, JLT Cluster J. Um, our central kitchen, uh, the one that produces all fresh ingredients, uh, is in Safa. 
to all our locations. Um, another community we chose was Motor City um, in uh, Ribbon Mall. And uh, finally, we chose a very risky location. Zach chose this one, and yes. We're, but <laughs> I like this absolutely <laughs> beautiful um, Al-Sif Heritage Village. That's our fourth location. As I said, I'm very happy that you're in my neighborhood because we order quite a lot. Um, Thank you. And I often do the kind of build your own wok bowl. So you choose your sauce, you choose your protein. I want to know, Nasli, what's what's going in your wok when you make your own? For myself? Yeah. Well, Helen, you know, when you, when you experiment with food, the flavors and everything, you start eating a little bit spicy and then it becomes more spicy and you want more spicy. So my flavors have become very spicy now. So my two favorite sauces are... Seoul, which is the Korean chili, and the other one is Jakarta, which is the Indonesian sambal. So those, I, I bounce between these two. Those are my, my two favorites, and I love them. Zach, what about you? Um, I'll go, f- um, I mean, uh, in the, it's the same, but uh, I love the Jakarta and Seoul. Uh, my latest um, is uh, Sapporo ramen. I really, really love it. It's, uh, it's very... Um, uh, sizzling and very hot, and because you can do your ramen bowls as well, where you choose your broth. And yes, you absolutely, add, add absolutely, in. absolutely. We customizable uh, within what we have in the menu. I'm, I might regret asking this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what's it like working as husband and wife team? <laughs> because it's something that I could never ever do. Yeah, it's okay, I'm, I might I might turn off your headphones, Zach, while your <laughs> okay, wife no, answers. No, ahead. I'm joking. No. I'm joking. I want to hear. I'm curious. Okay, it has its good sides and bad sides. I will tell. It. Um, the good thing is whenever you want to give up, you have somebody there who pushes you mm-hmm. not to give up. Uh, so that's very good. You encourage each other. But at the same time, you're always about work, you're even on, at home. On, on. Even at home, you're about work. Like sometimes we say, like especially Zach, he's like, today I don't want to work, talk about work, anything. It's going to be nothing about work. And then after five minutes, some message comes <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> or suddenly we're just talking about something and then suddenly it glides into work. But this is your passion. <laughs> yes, it is, yes. This, yes. Is, this is what you're building for your family as well. Absolutely. Yes. Um, can I ask about being a homegrown brand? Because we've seen some incredible recognition um, for some, some companies and cafes and restaurants that have started right here in Dubai. How important do you think it is to be building this portfolio of, of places that have started right here rather than bringing in brands? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, engaging with the with the local resident uh, uh, audience is super important for longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, ourselves, um, we we learn with trial and error of where to channel our uh, customer and uh, menu profile to r- bring the right audience, and then we understood that we have to suit the audience uh, who we're serving. Uh, within where we live mm-hmm. um, to have a longer uh, business lifespan. Must be interesting. Do you or, do you notice different ordering patterns depending on the location, Leslie? Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. 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 How interesting. Um, for example, Safa is. Uh, can I say? Yeah. yeah. Of course, uh, Safa I'm is uh, yeah. is very famous with uh, Jakarta and uh, egg noodle. So we like it. Oh my god, that's so yeah. interesting. You can know that um, detail. In in uh, JLT, it's Tokyo with uh, udon noodle um, chicken. It's very famous. It's, it's the top seller. Um, in uh, in Motor City, I will say uh, it's the Kyoto. Um, it's the customer profile kind of 
is everywhere. Um, so yeah, we, we, uh, Sif is fairly new, so we're we'll just getting this, to know more. Yes. I wanted to ask if you've got any advice for other aspiring food entrepreneurs, because as we said, you know, we see hundreds, if not thousands, of licenses, you know, being granted, and yes. the the success rate is is you know it's challenging, um, and it should be because you know because yeah. we we want the best. Do you do buyers a discerning discerning uh, group of diners? But for anyone that is thinking about doing this, what do you wish you'd known back at the beginning? Um, what I would have known. I don't think if I would have known or not known, if you want to do something, you will still go ahead with it. So if that's your passion, you just go ahead with it. But keep in mind, you have to have, you have to have grit, not give up, not giving up. And and also, you you might want, want something on your menu. You want to do something with your menu, but you have to be very aware of where you are who are your customers, who you want to attract. So it's very important that you're open-minded and don't stick to what, like if we would have Wokio, what we and me and Zach had, had in our mind 10 years ago is a totally different Wokio. We had a direction, but the roads a little bit changed along the way. So you have to be very adaptive, I would say. Mm-hmm. Be very adaptive. Don't give up and don't have plan B. <laughs> Committed. Yeah, commitment, uh, uh, patience. Um, I, I would say um, uh, consistency on on mm. uh, on what you have uh, planned. Uh, Dubai market has been very uh, um, growing. Dubai is like there is no better place I would say right now where a foodie or restauranter should go to than Dubai. What a note to finish on! Well, huge congratulations. It's been Thank wonderful, you. wonderful to hear how it all began and where it's going. I suspect by the look in your eyes, number four is not going to be the last. So watch this space. <laughs> no, <don't say> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> please, please give us a break. I think we've got the whole of Dubai craving noodles now. You can have a look at wokio.com for a bit of a look at the menu. And I do highly, highly recommend. You've got, you've got me craving spice now. I think I might mm-hmm. go for the soul next. Mm-hmm. Zach Nasley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank it's you. been thank an absolute you. pleasure. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well. Live well. Ramadan is just around the corner, and this means, as in hospitality of any special date, they're working way ahead of us. They're already preparing their dishes and speaking to us now from uh, Jones the Grocer, the newly opened Delta Hotels and JBR. Uh, Jones is serving a Ramadan menu and in conversation now with head chef Sharath Bardet joining us live. How are you, chef? I am good, things in yourself. Yeah, really well. I love a Friday. I love talking food. And I love learning a little bit ahead of everyone else about what chefs are working on. But before we get to the Ramadan menu, I want to know a little bit about you. Where, where are you from? Where did you grow up, chef? Well, I grew up in Cape Town, South Africa. Ooh, food, food, food. <laughs> All right. That, what, who was cooking and what were you eating? Um, well, growing up, I was, my mom was my main inspiration in the kitchen. Um, every birthday, every every special event, my mom would spend the day in the kitchen, though. She is a, a medical technologist with, like, four master's degrees. Oh, my goodness. She would always find time to still spend the time in the kitchen. Wow. Um, my granny on my dad's side, actually, as well. Uh, very. My, my mom has a very mixed background. Her parents are from, one's from Poland, one's from St. Helena Island, but she grew up in Cape Town. So, so, and, what, uh, so what, was, what was being served? What were you eating around the family table? Oh, um... Well, one of my favorites is the lasagna. <laughs> like, okay. I said, people often ask me who, who, my, who my best chef is, you know, like to watch entertainment-wise. Mm. Hess and Blumenthal is up there, but mm. 
flavor-wise, nothing tops home cooking, eh? Like that, that comfort of home, nothing, nothing tops my mom's cooking. I heard that you started studying something completely different before putting on your chef's I, whites. Tell us about that. I did indeed. You see, when I first wanted to become a chef, my mom glared at me and gave me the whole get a real degree before you throw your life away speech. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, so I started off with chemical engineering. Oh, my goodness. Well, and, I mean, I can see the relationship <laughs> when we think about cooking being alchemy. You know, it's, it's ingredients, it's, it's true, elements, true. kind of. It, it, it made the baking aspect of cooking extremely easy because everything bad. needs to be precise and weighed off and calculated to the T. And I'm, I'm really good at that part. <laughs> I think I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I enjoy my core subjects of chemical engineering, the problem solving, the, the, the chemical aspects that was fantastic. And that to roll over into the kitchen was, it, it felt natural. So how did you go then from studying chemical engineering to actually getting into the kitchen? Oh. And, and you, you went to a really serious school of cookery. You went really in at the deep end. Tell us about that. Um, well, I, I, I had to give up a bursary at UCT for it, actually, because wow. I, I, was, I was going to the full, the full bursary at UCT based off my marks when I left high school. And towards the end of my, my, my studies, to say that I hated it was an understatement. I, I absolutely loathed what I was doing. I decided to reflect in my marks towards my third year and such. And eventually I was like, you know what, I need to do something for myself. I spoke to my uh, guidance counselor at the University of Cape Town. I spoke to my mom and then I quit. And I sold my car and I paid my own way through the Silwood School of Cookery, did my cordon bleu, and the rest is history. <laughs> wow. I love what I do. I gave up on earning a potential mass amount as a chemical engineer. But honestly, to earn a lot and do something that I hated versus go to work every day, happy, excited, and loving what I do, loving the people I'm with, loving the experience of the day, mm. I think I chose the right decision. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. It really, really does. And it's lucky, mm. that, it's lucky that you love it because we know that chefs work some pretty punishing hours. <laughs> so you've got to keep that passion <laughs> to keep you on your yeah. feet. It's tell tell us a little bit about what you're, you're working on at Jones right now. As I said, already the Ramadan menu. What does that mean to you? And, and how do you incorporate, you know, a bit of your background, what diners want? And of course, being respectful to some of the traditional dishes that people really expect. Uh, it's a bit challenging in that this is my first time back in a hotel setting in the last nine or ten years. I, I, I started off in five-star hotels back in Cape Town, South Africa, and then I moved over to restaurants. And I've been doing restaurants ever since and then consulting for restaurants and many development for restaurants. And now I'm back in the Delta Marriott. And Marriott has the own set standards as to what they need to do. And that needs to merge with the brand standards of Jones. Because mm-hmm. now this is the first time Jones is coming to a Marriott. So, so this year for our, our Ramadan menu, we're going to run a buffet for Iftar. Because that's what the Marriott standards sort of used to be. And with Jones as our backing, we, we've run it through Jones. And to start off, we're going to do like a Ramadan Iftar menu. Diners will come in. They'll have a full spread to choose from just so they can get the, that, that quick bite in the middle of the start after which they have the full a la carte menu at their disposal. Oh, okay. Um, you've got a minute to make us hungry. What are some of the dishes you're looking forward to serving <laughs> up, Chef? Shaz, tell us a little bit. <laughs> no problem. Like fresh under the lamp, like hot carvery sort of vibe. We've got the spinach potato, chicken spring rolls. We'll have three types of soup going, a spicy lentil soup, the Jones um, truffle parsnip with toasted hazelnuts mm-hmm. and fresh truffle oil. 
We've got a selection of salads, our broccolini salad, our papaya prawn salad, one of our favorites, yeah? Oh, Fresh, crispy shrimp, pasta with some chili oil, miso dressing, coconuts. That's one oh, of our top salads in the world. Goodness me. All right, job done. Chef, thank you for that. Um, I'm going to let you go back to the kitchen. I know Fridays are incredibly busy when it comes to hospitality, but really appreciate you taking the time. All the very best to you and the team. Congratulations on the opening, and I'll see you for Iftar in a few short weeks. Thank you so much. Absolute yes, pleasure. You. Thank you, Chef Shiraz Bade from Jones the Grocer. We will, of course, be talking lots of Ramadan food over the coming weeks. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Celebrating all things steak fruit right now with the founder of Cookley French Brasserie. We've got Ziad Kamel with us. Their second branch is now open, that OG one, of course, in JLT. But where is the second one and what's on the menu? Ziad, how are you this Friday afternoon? Very well. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. I love, I obviously love a Friday, but I love talking food and I really value your time. I know how busy you restaurateurs are, especially on Friday afternoons, especially when you've got a brand new branch. Now, anyone who's not familiar with Kukli, tell us a little bit about that origin story, where the idea came from and and what the goal is when you first opened. Well, thanks for having me today. It's an absolute pleasure being here. Uh, Kukli was founded in 2009 and we what we wanted to do we were on a mission to democratize french cuisine oh i like that you think there's been a bit too much high and mighty prices and high and mighty stereotypes for a while that's right look we're in the business of selling happiness right if you want to buy food or drink you would go to a supermarket so we thought what's the best way to do that let's take noble cuisine with great ingredients great customer experience and let's make it as accessible as possible, concept-wise, price-wise, to as many people as possible so we can spread the happiness. And that's really where the idea of Kukli came from. Talk to us about the food, <laughs> because it is famed for a couple of, I guess, kind of cult dishes. What comes to mind when you think Kukli? When you think Kukli, you think steak frites, you think escargot, yes. you think bread and butter, butter definitely. you think pamperdu, <laughs> you think moule frites. Goodness Those are me. some, I'm, I'm getting hungry just talking about so it. So am I, so am I. And it resonated immediately with the Dubai dining scene for, yes, the great ingredients and the dishes you're talking about, but also for this kind of unpretentious air, really family friendly, which surprised me when the first time I went. Um, really good prices and kind of deals as well. You know, people coming in and having, you know, drink and dinner deals. I have to say, I saw one of the best magicians of my life quickly in JLT a few years ago completely blew my mind so the the exact opposite of this kind of snooty French stereotype that you know this kind of tired trope that we hear so much about mm-hmm. how has the menu evolved then since it opened back in 2009 so the menu has evolved significantly we opened in JLT in 2016 and since then it's been a continuous journey of adaptation of trying out new things of developing the brand and the menu um, seasonality, such as spring menus, summer menus, winter menus, Ramadan menus. So we continue to push the boundaries. We continue to be inspired by other restaurants in Dubai and what they're doing. And all the independent concepts and the chef lab concepts in Dubai is extremely, extremely inspiring. Uh, we absolutely love how the F&B scene is developing and putting Dubai on the map as one of the best global destinations to dine in. And so we pull our inspiration from Dubai, 
and we pull our inspiration from what's going on abroad. And that has led to some really impressive dish creations. Um, and also, some very loyal diners who I'm sure yeah. if you took a few things off the menu, there would be some very French protests. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Talking steak frites, bread, butter, scargo, pampadou and more with Ziad Kamel. He is the founder of Kukli French Brasserie. It's got the, the OG branch in JLT and congratulations, sir. Second branch, where is it? Thank you very much. You're welcome. The second branch is at the Pullman Hotel in downtown Dubai. That's closer to my, where I live. Thank you very much. So tell us then about how on earth you choose a location, especially for, as I said, you've got really loyal diners. It must be a bit of a balance if you don't want to pull people away from JLT. But how do you how do you find the space? That's right. It's always a challenge to to pick a spot for your next home because we really invest all our time and love and energy into a restaurant. Now, we we felt that JLT and the catchment area there and the people who live and work there were serviced by our OG branch and um we had a we had a great number of people and residents who lived across the downtown area but didn't really want to make the drive all the way up to the JLT neck of the woods. So, we felt that it was the perfect location for people to enjoy Kukle with almost no overlap or cannibalism between the mm-hmm. branches. And so far, that has proved a great success because both restaurants are buzzing. Yes. And do, do you know what I residents love? are thankful that we brought it closer to their homes. One of the things I love about Kukli, for anyone that hasn't been, it's, it's definitely got a vibe. It's, it's super unpretentious and it feels like it's been there forever. And it, I know this is a terrible, terrible barometer of how much I love a Dubai restaurant, but you don't feel like you're in Dubai. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> but you've got this kind of this kind of wood paneling. You've got, you know got little kind of nooks and crannies. How does that translate to the new space? How many covers are we looking at? And can you kind of tell us what you expect when you walk through the door? The new space is slightly different. We decided to adapt the design and interior design and innovate it to better suit the uh, downtown part uh, downtown part of town. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a beautiful location at the Pullman Hotel that triple high ceilings, it's around nine meter high ceilings, mm-hmm. great outdoor terrace. So obviously, if you've been to the JLT branch, it's much more cozier, lower ceilings. More bistro-y feel. More bistro-y feel. Uh, we decided to call this one a brasserie mm-hmm. because it was more grand. The location is just on the canal. We have a beautiful outdoor terrace. And we designed it accordingly. We, um, what, uh, if you step in there, you'll see a center bar. And above the bar is a big, giant, golden rooster. <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> well, you know what Kukle means Does in it, French. Uh, I should. I did A-level French. Go on. Kukle means baby chicken oh. in French. And so our baby chicken has grown up to become a big golden rooster. Big boss. And that's Bossing right. Bossing over the brasserie. I'm presuming you're staying loyal to the menu. So yeah, tell us, are we expecting similar food or are you doing a bit of a riff? So the OG menu is there, all the favorite and good, loved dishes. Good, 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 the good. soul of Kukle is still exactly the same. Um, but we have added a few more dishes at the Pullman branch. Uh, we have innovated a few more dishes as well. We've added items like um, Wagyu entrecote steaks, 
We've added uh, new dessert items. We've added new starters like octopus. Um, we've added carpaccios. So they have been doing really well, and we plan to um, introduce them in the JLT branch as well. Now saying um, shout out to the Kukle Business Lunch. It's awesome. Go on. Tell us about that. And you can do it now, Zarek. I've got the man himself the ad in front of me. Tell us about the business lunch. Wow, Helen, you know more about my brand than I do. This is Naz messaging, <laughs> not me. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have a little Google, but I'm guessing we've got some good value and incredible food. We have great value. We recognize that people want to be in and out quickly for lunch, yeah. but still want to go through the French dining experience and not spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've created a wonderful menu where diners can choose the following options. Either two starters, a starter and a main, or a main and a dessert. So we've worked in flexibility. Ooh. All of that for 109 dirhams. See, he does know. He's just pretending. Now, while I've got you in the hot seat, we've got a minute. I want to know about cooking a great steak at home. Some top tips. Because I know while you're the founder, you, t you've, you and your wife are very, very uh, passionate about food cookies, cooking as well. So tell us about a great steak. Wow, that is a challenging question because I would say don't do it. Just come to Kukle and we'll do it for you. But if you have to do it, you could order your steaks from Kukle. We'll send it to you and you can barbecue it at home. Are you serious? That's you right. did a lot of this during lockdown as well. That's um, right, yeah. Some, and it, it, I have to say the sauce was spectacular even after being on the road. So thank you so much for coming in. All the very best to you and the team. I know you're working on some other secret sources in the background, so you're going to have to keep us posted on all of that. Um, an absolute pleasure to see you. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you so much. Oh, there you go. It's open now. Googly French Brasserie in downtown Dubai. It's at the Pullman. And I have to say, going to be getting over there for a bit of that, a uh, bit of the Wagyu, a bit of the octopus. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Joining us now on the line from Estonia to Israel, we've got MasterChef Ayal Shani joining us. His newly opened restaurant, North Miznon, is at the Doubletree Hilton Dubai Jumeirah Beach, inspired by regional flavours and produce and helping to build bridges between the newly friendly Israel and UAE. He is a global culinary phenomenon. He's behind more than 40 restaurants worldwide, New York, Miami, Singapore, Vienna, Tel Aviv. Uh, he's also considered to be one of the leading figures in the Israeli culinary scene. He's been in TV series Food for Thought and he's been on panels of judges on Israeli MasterChef too. I'm very, very grateful, Chef Ayal, for you making the time for us today. Where are you speaking to us from? From the depth of the heart of, of a farm. On a farm? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Where? Where? Yeah, tell us about the farm. What's happening there? I, I do... Sharjah. Oh, wow. Okay. So you've Sharjah, have you been here? Yeah, I, I was in Sharjah a few weeks ago. We went, we went fossil hunting in Sharjah. It was brilliant. But it sounds like you're on the, on the hunt for much, much fresher produce than that. Welcome to the UAE, Chef. Um, it's Thank an, you it's very an much. honor to speak to you. And this is the first Israeli restaurant in Dubai, to my knowledge. Tell us about Israeli cuisine for anyone that hasn't had it. Can you explain a little bit about some of the key flavor profiles and some of the ingredients as well? The Israeli cuisine, I think, is one of the most fascinated cuisine in the world today. The reason, there's some reason. One of them that Israel is very small country, so the distance between the field and your plate 
is a distance of one hour of traveling in a truck. Wow. So it's very fresh. And Israelis are very flexible. You know, they have no common tradition because they came from all over the world, like the people in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And it's a very young country. And the policy of the Israeli government in the beginning of the state was to cut the roots of, uh, of the countries that the people that came to Israel came from. So they tried to build a new Israeli type of human being. So that new Israeli found itself without memories, without roots, without culture. And he has to recreate a new culture in Israel. Tell us then, I'd love to hear about some of the national dishes. Is there anything that you feel like your country is particularly famous for on the food front, chef? Look, today there's no... The meaning of the Israeli cuisine is is its ability to change and to transform. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no typically Israeli cuisine. I mean, there is an Israeli cuisine, but... um, it's all about flexibility. It's all about m- movement. Uh, it's all. It's. It's talking mostly. It's talking about Mediterranean cuisine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very naked food, very vibrant food, high energy food. That is a. Uh, that is the Israeli cuisine today, so and I think that it's becoming so attractive in the world now. I love this idea of being Mediterranean, but you've also got this kind of heat and spice of the Middle East. You know, you've got this zest and color and comfort. Yeah, you got the point. Yeah. Yeah. That is the question that you are going to ask me, and you got the point in the beginning of this. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's a big big difference between the Mediterranean and the Middle East. Mm -hmm. People are getting confused with it, but it's completely different culture. Israeli position in a very special place. She's, she stays on the shores of the Mediterranean, but in her back, there's the Middle East. It's in between. And things that are in between are vibrating. They are shaking. These are the most interesting places in the world, where it's not exactly a Mediterranean, but it's not a Middle East, it's in between. Chef, uh, Chef I I wanted to ask you about why Dubai? You've already had such huge success in New York and London. Why set your sights on the UAE? What's got you excited about here? First of all, all, what is a success? (laughs) That's a big question. You are objectively very successful. No, you don't have money anyway, not in New York and not in Paris and not in London. A success is uh, to create your dreams. Success is to to go with your heart. And you know, Israel is is a closed country. There are borders all around Israel. 
from the east is the Middle East, from the west is the sea, from the north is Lebanon and Syria, and from the south is Egypt. And there are borders and there are walls in between us and them. So, walls creating a kind of mysterious feelings. Mm-hmm. You are asking yourself, what is behind these walls? From the moment that I was a child, I thought about the Middle East. I tried to imagine which kind of people are living there, what they are eating, what is their culture. And when Dubai opened to Israel, for me, it was like a dream that is coming to that I can assemble my vision in food and my Mediterranean way to touch the food with the romantic, oriental, Islamic way of seeing food. That's so beautiful. Do you feel that so for food me, has... So for me, if there's a way to make peace between people, there's no better way than to, to assemble cultures of cuisines. I love that you feel that food has the power to bring peace, and it always comes back to this idea of, of, course. of breaking well, bread there's together. Food, there's, no, there's no war. <laughs> it's very simple. Well, we're so honoured to have you here. I th- and I've heard a lot of um, some good party vibes happening at, uh, at North Miznon as well. A lot of people having some great food, but some great times as well. Tell us a little bit about the menu here. Can you make us hungry, Chef Ayal? Tell us a little bit about some of your favourites. Okay. Look, I'm, for example, I'm getting the best tomatoes that I ever ate. I'm getting them from Lebanon. And I'm taking a one kilo tomato, each one is weighs something like one kilo. And I, I'm making a precise cut. I'm cutting a slice that is so thick, till I can call it, but I can feel it and you can taste it. I'm calling it a tomato entrecote. Oh, yum. I love that idea. And that tomato entrecote, um, I'm grilling on charcoals, and then I putting it loud foams. It's a foam that I'm making from a fresh tomato under blending conditions, and that is one ingredient dish with so many variations on one ingredient. And there is a beautiful group of fish. And I'm making a kind of shawarma out of them and mixing them with fresh greens that are coming from Iran, seasoning them with beautiful lemons, again, from Lebanon, and getting one of the best salad that I ever met. Oh, my goodness, chef. Thank you so, so much. We've run out of time. We haven't run out of questions. And I know we haven't run out of inspiration, but I cannot thank you enough for speaking to us from the farm today. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be in the kitchen tonight. Get back, yeah. to, get back to your team. 
go and treat Dubai diners to something that they've never seen or tasted before. And looking forward <laughs> to seeing how it all unfolds there. Chef Ayel Shani speaking to us from the very first Israeli restaurant here in Dubai. It's opened at the Double Tree by Hilton um, at Jumeirah Beach. It's North Miznon. Uh, do urge you to check it out. It sounds absolutely fantastic. And now all I want is a beautiful, beautiful tomato. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. Where is worth your hard-earned dirhams? What is the latest hot news? And giving some alternative date nights that won't break the bank. Keeping that romantic spirit alive now with Alice from What's On. Tell us a little bit about, well... How's your week been? Anything, be anywhere good? Eat anything fantastic? It's been, it's been good. Thank you, Helen. Thank you for having me back. Um, Yeah, it's been, I just feel like at the moment, the amount of new openings and and restaurants that have been um, happening is just, it's hard to keep up. One that I was at a couple of nights ago was Lamar, which is the latest opening at Atlantis the Royal. Obviously, the hotel's now open, the restaurants are now open, um, and slowly, slowly they're reintroducing everyone to those restaurants so I Tell was Tell us about um, Lamar Yeah so um, Lamar is a Peruvian restaurant um, and it was just you know it's so beautiful I think what Atlantis Royal has really done is kind of elevated um, their restaurant and their culinary offering. They've got some amazing celebrity chefs in. I know, I know, we've talked about before the kind of caliber of, of mm-hmm. chefs that are going into this. Um, so yeah, very, very excited to see more from Lamar. I haven't been yet. I haven't been yet. We drove past it the other day, and the kids were like, "Mummy, can we go and stay there?" I was like, <laughs> "Oh, sweetheart, <laughs> we might be able to go and eat there, possibly." Um, we're having some blasts from the past on the restaurant scene so yes some fantastic new openings we're going to come to some of those but also for any other Dubai old timers like me I mean I'm 16 years so not that old I'm sure compared to lots of you listening today we're having some proper nostalgia including the agency oh my gosh it was such a good ladies night the, the it was at the Madinat but the one that I went to was at Emirates Towers well, that's it. And, and I, I thought I was a sort of quite seasoned, I'm, I'm eight years in. So I thought I'd been here for, for quite a while now. And I, and I was until sort of... you've gone, <laughs> until you've gone from the agency to Scarlet's. Anyone else used to go to Scarlet's? Drop me a message on 4001. Dance with someone older than your dad. You haven't been. <laughs> you haven't had a night out. Scarlet's became the Ivy and then, then that went. So this is like many an iteration ago. And it was so beloved, the agency, because they did some really good kind of drinking cheese, lots of cheese. That's it. What's, what's going on now? And, and so that's kind of, and they really want it to be beverage led. So there will be, of course, a, you know, really extensive, extensive beverage lists but the food will be quite concise. They're sort of going for charcuterie boards, nice pairings, but this isn't going to be the place you're going to go for dinner. It's a perfect spot for a drink before or after. Mm, um, bring back scarlets. <laughs> this sounds fantastic. I think they used to do fondue, if memory serves, but anything with cheese, I am down for. Also, atmosphere. So this is a bit of a tricky, a tricky spot because it's on... I'm going to say 123rd or 124th floor of yeah, the Burj Khalifa. I think it's 122. Is it one two? It's, it's, it's high. high. <laughs> it's very high. And the challenge of that restaurant is they can't have gas ovens there because it's not safe. I didn't know that. So yeah, it's quite an interesting 
dilemma for a lot of chefs. And I think for a long time it was thought of, as you go and see the views and the food was a bit of an afterthought, whether it was like an afternoon tea or breakfast, a lot of people go for breakfast. So it sounds like they're putting the emphasis fully on the food. That's it. So it was actually closed for about six months um, while they did a complete renovation of the space. Um, And now it still follows the same format with one side restaurant, one side lounge. um, But they've just given it a real... uh, makeover real modern makeover and it just looks beautiful real art deco like aesthetic um mm. still of course the amazing views and i think really with with a sort of more contemporary mediterranean menu they're really hoping to kind of draw people not just to kind of like you say go once when ah first time visitors are here where mm. am i going to take them but for it to become a dining destination in its own right so i'm excited to see what's next for for atmosphere also on your list are two places that i am absolutely desperate to go to one is bread ahead and we had the founder matthew on the show last week and they very much to my mind were one of the big foodie success stories of expo 2020 testing the dubai market a bit and now they've opened for good in Mall of the Emirates. Have you had the chance to go yet? I have. Did you um, have a donut? I did have a donut. I queued for a donut. Um, <laughs> totally worth which, it. Which it absolutely was worth it. And these guys, they're a brilliant team. I know you've had them on the show as, as well. And, and they are really, what they do is is really, really brilliant. It's hard to explain why you should go and queue for this donut I, over all other donuts. But you should. You should. You should. <laughs> go and queue and for a massive slice of pepperoni pizza. Yes. And then I'm petitioning to bring the lemon curd donut back because that was the true star of the show. I think they've got a good jam one on and definitely the chocolate. Also on my list and yours is Bungalow 34. This is from Natasha Sedaris of, the, of Tasha's group. Nikki Beach, beachy vibes, but seems quite family friendly from what I'm hearing yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of don't let the kind of Nikki Beach location make you think we're sort of going for the party hard, loud mm. music vibe. It's absolutely not not that kind of, it's so much more laid back, chilled. It is lovely. Um, if you kind of know, if you're familiar with the sort of flamingo room aesthetic, it's very chic, but still but still quite welcoming, you know, and and. It, What's great about Bungalow is that it is somewhere that you can take the family. It's right by the beach. Um, Beachy I think breakfast. A, that, that's my plan. That's exactly that's exactly it. And it's sort of that relaxed spot that I feel like we do have a lot of beach clubs in the city that you kind of glam up for a day for. But somewhere you no, can I just don't. kind of <laughs> <laughs> go in your flip flops, have a chill day, enjoy the sun, enjoy the amazing food. Bungalow Thirty Four is the is the one I think sold. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Joining us live in the studio, Alex Holtham joining us from from the fantastic What's On magazine. And they are the ones keeping you up to date and working tirelessly to get around Dubai and tell you what is indeed on. Let's talk. Let's talk romance. Let's talk romance. Because Valentine's Day has passed. You're newly engaged. How did you spend it? I am, and so I probably should come up with something really romantic that, but that we did, but we, we didn't. Welcome to married life, my love. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is kind of like a forecast into my future. It's okay. Um, but we had, um, I had a couple of my friends come over. We sort of did a bit of a Galentine's on Valentine's, um, nice. and yeah, just had a really nice girls' night in. Well, you are talking to the woman who well, we had steak. I will say it was from Spinney's and it came with heart-shaped herb butter. Cute. 
cute. It was very cute. Uh, my husband cooked it, and then we watched the finale of Happy Valley. So <laughs> nothing says romance like a good cop drama from <laughs> Northern England. So let's keep some romance alive, though. You've got some amazing alternative date nights that are kind of budget conscious give us a, give us the top ones yeah that's it i mean it's something that we actually put all our kind of heads together at what's on recently to, to come up with this this list of we had about 23 um fun and, and affordable date night ideas um and one thing that was sort of on the top of everybody's bucket list is always the outdoor cinema oh, yeah, um and fab. now we've got a couple of them around dubai now that's right there's um, the vox one at galleria on al wassel and i think they've just opened one at galleria in Barsha they they did and also it's the last weekend if you're thinking imminent plans it's the last weekend to catch the free one at Expo City at Jubilee Park and you can you can obviously take the kids but you can take your pets as well so that's a fab one I was over at Expo City earlier this week and he was like you must come back to the cinema and I was like yeah but that sounds absolutely brilliant so free free films love it outdoor cinema top of the list and we've got time for two other of your budget friendly kind of romancy ideas okay another one that I I recently discovered and I absolutely love is a new studio in our cause um, called Wild Paint House. Um, and the team have come over from Singapore and built their creative studio and they offer six kind of really crazy, unique art experiences that you can do. Um, we went and checked one out. They're sort of, they have these um, spinning canvases that they can create. They do like neon UV paint. There's a graffiti Ooh. wall that you can do. Um, this sounds fab. Yeah, it's a really really fun interactive way to uh, try something different get a bit creative and have a really fun day and, and their packages start from 120 to 160 dirhams top tip all right last one on the romance front before we talk babal shams oh last one on the romance front i think for me i i really love places like brass monkey it's not just about just going to dinner and drinks it's somewhere where you can go for bowling there's gaming anywhere that's just a bit more fun than just kind of totally totally agree so i have a column in spinney's magazine and i wrote it just yesterday morning about when we did alphabet dating me and my husband which was so much fun so make sure you do pick up the new issue of nourish because i've kind of outlined some of our favorite things that we did as we worked our way through activities from a to z okay babel shams is back i know such happy news i love 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 that resort how what do we know about how it's changed so so babel shams is is back they closed um in may of last year and they were planning to be closed for a full year, but obviously the the refurb got done early. So they're now very, very undivided. <laughs> and and now they're back. And if you're unfamiliar with this desert resort, it is sort of one of the OG. I feel like we're sort of going on a bit of a, a, a trip yeah, back I'm, to the I'm, kind of. I'm here for it. No, I really like it too. And um and Babar Shams is so spectacular. Um out in the Dubai desert it's about 45 minutes from the city and what we do know is all the lovely bits that we kind of know and love from the original Babas Chams Al Hadira restaurant remains with the fantastic traditional entertainment um, the gorgeous lovely pool uh, the infinity pool at the centre is is still there um, but some of the kind of more kind of traditional a bit more tired spaces have been given have been given a bit of a, a refurb and it just looks stunning happy news indeed is the perfect season 
season for heading out there. Lastly, tell us a little bit about a Dubai Chef collaboration that's there for a very good cause indeed. It's it's in association with Emirates Red Crescent and of course in aid of Turkey and Syria. Who's involved and what can we expect? Yeah, so this is on February 19th um, and the wonderful, wonderful Rickas Hospitality Group are behind this. So they are behind restaurants La Cantine, uh, Gohan, Nineveh and those three restaurants are all closing for the night for a special uh, collaboration where they're bringing together some top chefs at their three restaurants. They've got their in-house culinary teams teaming up with names like Gregoire from Oceano at Atlantis, oh, wow. Rafe Othman, um, who, you know, is, is a seasoned, you know, top Dubai chef. And they are putting together... Uh, one night only menus in aid of and all the proceeds will be donated to Emirates Red Crescent in aid of uh, Syria and Turkey. Amazing. What's the best way of finding out more information on that, Alice? Um, if you just head to all of the individual restaurants, so that's La Cantine, Nineveh and Gohan to their socials, to their websites and you can book those set menus still now. Thank you so much for coming in. You've made me very, very hungry indeed. Um, <laughs> Thank you. New issue is on the shelves. We've got whatson.ae as well. Uh, what are your weekend plans? Um, I am actually headed to the capital. Um, on the subject of hotels, we have got the Emirates Palace rebrand, um, which is being unveiled tonight. So I'm looking forward to checking out the brand new Emirates Palace. Enjoy yourself. We'll catch up very soon indeed. Alice speaking to us from What's On. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Four years after their online launch, homegrown UAE women-led family-run brand, Koshokla has now opened its door with its very first farm-to-table chocolate factory. We've got the co-founder Iman with us, a certified cacao doctor. What, Hi. what a job title. Yes. How are you, Doctor? Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon, Helen. Good afternoon, world. <laughs> it's so, well, thank you for making the time. It's such a busy time for you. Before we talk about the chocolate factory, which sounds like absolute bliss by the way for anyone that's not familiar with koshokla can you explain a little bit about where it all started and why it's why it is so different mm-hmm. koshokla is uh led by my sister and myself we co-founded it about four years ago when we were looking for healthy chocolates that would be suitable for people like us who has a mom with diabetes mm-hmm. who's had stroke um we've had all the you know the cardiovascular diseases in in with in, in my mom and uh, we figured if we don't change the way we eat and the way we eat we consume sweet treats then we're gonna go down the same route and that's what uh, you know catapulted the search for the main ingredient of chocolates, which is cacao, and that led us to where else? The Philippines, where our very own um, you know islands grow cacao, and from there we built an agri-social enterprise, um, wherein fifty of our friends worldwide contributed to building that social enterprise, and. Two years later, we created Co-Chocola, which stands for the commitment to health, commitment to cocoa gastronomy and chocolate making, and commitment to the farming community and our, our consumers, our com- the community as well. We should be clear that while it is healthy chocolate, it's also delicious. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So it really is. Tell us about some of the flavors and what's in the range. Yes. So our bestsellers nowadays are 
the Monster Cookies, which are mostly sweetened with dates. And the best-selling flavor is the No Stress Here, which is the classic chocolate chip. Yeah. We have that skinny chocolate bar, which has the skinny nuts, almonds, and chestnuts. And very recently, and you can see later on, our Valentine's Valentine Jewels, which has all natural ingredients, um, reduced sugar, and just so delicious and such a hit this Valentine season. Tell us a little bit about what happens behind the scenes to come up with new products, you know, in terms of tastings and flavour combinations. What's it like? I I have the best job. <laughs> I have the best I job because the tasting, <laughs> I, I am one of the day, taste testers and it's it's basically um, the flavours which we come up with are, are born from our, from our experiences. Names, for example, like our post-workout love. Um, we imagine people wanting to eat chocolates, you know, chocoholics. They want to eat chocolates after workout. Eat our post-workout love, which is plant-based proteins and uh, high in cocoa content. Wow! Yes. So there is uh, what I really like about it, and, and it's become so successful. I saw. I'm, I just said to you off air. I'm seeing mm-hmm. your really, really, truly beautiful branding in Thank all you. sorts of, of places. I spotted it in the Ziggy Bay mini bar. Where I was like, oh my goodness, it's the guy's yeah. chocolate. <laughs> so you know, people are really taking notice of you guys. What's it like to be getting that kind of recognition? It's, it's uh, we're super grateful, and at the same time. We're so happy that uh, sustainability, health, uh, wellness, these are, you know, after the pandemic, this really, uh, these concepts took off and a lot of people understand it more and are searching for companies like us, which value this. You know, they still love chocolates. We still love delicious things, but people are looking for, you know, companies with, which has a deeper purpose yeah. like us and mm, values. Uh, yeah, values and, and uh, health, you know. Iman, tell us about the chocolate factory. Yes, the factory. I want, I want you to paint us a picture about what, because we, because people can go, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So we do have um, interactive chocolate factory tours. It is the first farm to table chocolate factory in the Middle East. So, whether you're from here in the UAE or in Bahrain or wherever, please come down to the UAE here in Dubai because we will welcome you with a fresh cacao pod, like a fresh fruit. You will get to taste that. You can make your own chocolates with your own flavors. Name it your own, <laughs> whatever you want to name it. Choose your own packaging and have the time of your life. This is like I just left a tour like one, one hour ago and the children wanted to live <laughs> in our factory. I don't blame them. So there's the pod tour where you try, I mean, is chocolate fruit the right phrase? I don't know. You can't say that. You can't say that because the main ingredient of chocolates is cacao. And uh, with a good cacao fruit, which has the beans, the seeds, then you can have the good chocolate. So we let people really experience chocolates from its very source, cacao. And then can we do a tasting tour as well? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Let me not forget to say that. Lots of chocolates to taste. And, uh, you know, we make things the traditional way. So less of the sugar, less of the milk, more of the dried fruits, nuts, cacao. Cacao is really the hero of all our ingredients. And um, it's even the adults, they everyone's smiling, laughing when they leave the factory and it's yeah, so good. that's what cacao does to you. I did a cacao yeah. ceremony the other night. I did some like sound healing with oh, cacao. Yes. Everyone left just on absolute cloud nine. Yes. Um, message from uh, from Glenn here saying, sounds amazing, how to book. The perfect final question. Um, you can go to koshakala.com and then Correct. there's the factory tours 
tab. Yes. And yes. It, I've just Click. I've li- just clicked it now. Yeah. 80 dirhams for a kid's tour and uh, just, fa- I mean, fantastic value. What a great insight for kids to have a, have a yeah, look in wh- where their favourite food comes from. Again, huge, huge congratulations Very to you and Lucy there. It's and an absolute pleasure. There. Yeah, you, my kids might be moving in. <laughs> if you want the website, just send me the word chocolate and I will send you that link. Chocolate tours right here in the UAE and tasting to boot. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai Eye 103.8.